If you want to be an effective leader in God's kingdom, you first have to learn how to follow. That seems to be contradictory. But Pastor Al Pittman says it really makes sense. You've got to be faithful in the small things. Then God will give you greater things. Amen. So you'll never be an effective leader until you have learned to really be an effective follower. See, people like that in the ministry many times that are, you know, they want to get up to preach or lead out or what have you and haven't been faithful in the small things. So important to be faithful in the small things. Come under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit. Dwelling place. The greater you value something, the greater you'll take care of it. But that's really true, then it's very telling that there's such little regard for the church whom Jesus gave his life for. So we who love the church ought to care for it and also protect it, especially in light of the very real dangers the church is exposed to in these days of persecution. We'll learn more about that today on The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman. Because of the importance of this subject, let's get right to it. In Acts 20, verse 25, here's Pastor Al. Acts chapter 20. We're going to finish chapter 20 today. And if you're here for the first time or watching online for the first time, we study through the Bible, go through it, uh, line upon line, precept upon precept in God's Word. I've entitled this message today in uh, Acts chapter 20. We'll be looking at verses 25 to 38. I've entitled it, Last Words. And because these are Paul's last words, the Apostle Paul's last words to the Ephesian elders that he met with in Miletus, 30 miles south, around 30 miles south of Ephesus, and uh, he shares some final words with them. Here's a question, a thought. What will your last words be? Just a thought. Now, the reality is that no one really knows what situation they're going to be in when they leave this world or what have you, but... It can, it's safe to say that last words do reveal, uh, often reveal, if you will, what we truly value in life. And the Apostle Paul really valued the things of God, namely the church. He valued the brothers and sisters in Christ. In fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 is an expression of that uh, from Paul's heart as he says to the believers in Thessalonica, he says, for what is our hope or joy or crown? of rejoicing. Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. What a sweet expression to to think of your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ as your glory and as your joy, to see them in the presence of the Lord. And, uh, you know, what a a sweet expression. And uh, Paul values the church. He valued the things that God valued, and God values the body of Christ. In our text, we see this sentiment expressed in Paul's final words to the Ephesian elders, this very sentiment we find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. In verse 25 of uh, Acts chapter 20, uh, we see the reason for Paul's passionate uh, response to them, as he knows that time is winding down. And he says, and indeed, in verse 25, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching, the kingdom of God will see my face no more. There's no, no more time for religious platitudes or Christianese, you know. You know how we 
throw Christianese around. They call it Christianese in the church, you know, like, praise the Lord. God bless you, you know. You see you here, there, or in the air, you know, things like that. And, you know, and the world looks at us like, what are you talking about? Uh, but a lot of Christianese, a lot of Christian platitudes, you know, God bless you and all that. He doesn't have time for that. He only has time for necessary and essential truth for the continual growth and edification of these Ephesian elders in the body of Christ in Ephesus. Paul's last words are important for us today because they are truths we desperately need to live by in the days in which we now are here, or we live, amen. And uh, so I pray that we would take heed to Paul's instructions, not just for leaders, as we'll see, he's speaking to leaders in the Ephesian church, but it's really for all of us who are in Christ. In his last words, he, he both instructs and he commends the Ephesian elders. So there's two parts, really, to uh, his last words. He gives instruction, and then we'll see toward the end, he commends them to the Lord. Now, there are three points of instruction found in verses 26 to 31. But before going into this instruction in Paul's last words, he basically takes the opportunity to declare himself innocent of, uh, in regard to, rather, uh, the proclamation of the word of God. In verse 26, the Bible says, Paul says there, therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. He says, I'm innocent. Your blood is, is not on my hands. I'm not shunned to proclaim to you the whole counsel of God. No pastor is innocent who neglects to proclaim to his congregation the whole counsel of God. A lot of pastors approach the Word of God like a buffet, and they only select things that are good, that are pleasing to the flesh or to individuals. They stay away from the spinach and from the liver. I don't like liver, amen. <laughs> I would stay away from it too. But, but they stay away from, the, from all of it. I mean, I mean uh, certain things that are controversial, that, that if I say that, they won't come back next week or they'll stop giving. And you cannot approach the word of God like that as a pastor. You must preach the whole counsel of God. If any pastor who doesn't preach the whole counsel of God is not worth his salt. You can't hold back things. You must preach the whole counsel. And Paul says, you know, your blood is not on my hands. And let me just say that pastor who does not teach the whole counsel of God, the blood of that congregation will be on his hands. And God will require an account. He will stand before God. Why didn't you tell them that? Why didn't you preach my whole counsel? And usually it's because of the fear of men. So Paul you know, starts out here before he gets into the instructions. He says, listen, first and foremost, I'm innocent. I've, didn't, I've not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God's word. That's why I love going through the Bible in an expository fashion. It's not the only way. There's topical sermons. There's, you know, uh, um, uh, different ways to present the word of God. And, and uh, I'm just glad the word of God is being preached. Amen. Uh, but it's nice to go through because I can't skip over stuff I don't like. And there's some things I don't like <laughs> that I'd rather not talk about because I know they're controversial or you know, whatever, you know. 
And yet, I know I must teach them if I'm going to teach through the Bible that the word might get through the believers. Amen? We need his whole counsel. The first topic of instruction that Paul gives here, after he declares himself innocent, that he's, shunned, he's not shunned to declare the whole counsel of God's word, is, you know, again, this is, this is not rocket science. It's, very, it's this last words, simple instructions. The first one is, take heed to yourselves. Speaking to these elders within the church, verse 28, it says, Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer to shepherd this church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. There's a lot there. And Paul says a lot, a ton of things, a ton of information, just a few, few words. But he, again, he's speaking to the elders, to these leaders from the Ephesian church. Leaders must take heed to themselves. The word take heed, uh, prosecco, it means, uh, the Greek word prosecco, it means to bring to or to bring near. And I thought that's interesting, to bring near. Because sometimes we think of taking heed to ourselves, because it's not just for preachers, it's for, it's for every believer. Take heed to yourself. Uh, we come up with our list, and, and we, we, we make sure we do all these things, and we're disciplined about those things. And there's nothing wrong with discipline. We need discipline. But to take heed to yourself, if you really want to take heed to yourself, I want to walk in a way that pleases the Lord, then draw near to the Lord. Bring your life near to the Lord. To take heed to one's life, to oneself, is to draw near to God. James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So true. Because you cannot serve two masters, Jesus said. You will love one and hate the other. There are those that have once walked with the Lord, and, and because something, some bad experience or whatever, they've gone back to the world. And they are some of the enemies of the cross now. And it makes you wonder whether or not they were really born again. But you cannot serve two masters. You will love one and you will hate the other. A leader's spiritual gifts, education, and talent are not enough to sustain one's calling and to fulfill the ministry God has given to you. And Paul tells them here, listen, the Holy Spirit has called you. Don't rest on your, your giftedness and your talents and your education. But remember, the Holy Spirit has appointed you to this office. Pastor Al will be back in a few moments with the second half of today's message in Acts 20. COVID-19, runaway inflation, high prices for gas and food. Are you feeling overwhelmed today? Would you like someone to pray for you? We would count it a real blessing to be able to do that. So share your prayer needs with us by going to our website, cwccs.org, and click the Need Prayer tab at the top of the homepage. That's cwccs.org. And thanks for remembering the dwelling place in your prayers as well. Now, here's Pastor Al with the second half of today's message titled, Last Words. I don't know why the Holy Spirit called me to the office of pastor, but he did. And I have come to realize that God called me while, you know, while I was being knit together in my mother's womb, even before the beginning of time, he called me. And, uh, you know, I, I understand now that a pastor is what I am, it's not what I do. And the same thing for us as Christians. A Christian is not who, what you do, it's who you are. A Christian is not what, this is what Christians do, you know. No, this is, you know, it's who you are in Christ. You're born again by the Spirit of God. I'm called by the Lord to be 
you know, his mouthpiece for his divine purpose. Jeremiah even tried to resist his call one time. Jeremiah said, this, this, this is too much pressure. Everybody hates me, you know, rejecting my ministry. I'll, I'll never talk about him again. And he said, but his word to me was like fire shut up in my bones. And I had to speak it. That's what God's word is to me in my life. It's not what I do. It's who I am. Years ago when I was, quite honestly, running from the Lord, and uh, I was working in this you know, I had this job, I was working, and I don't know, so somehow the, the conversation came up about uh, uh, the ministry, pastors. And I made it a point to say, well, you know, you got to understand, you know, being a pastor is not a vocational choice. You don't say, well, I'm going to be a pastor. You have to be called by the Holy Spirit. God calls a person to ministry. And me, having at the time running from the Lord, this young girl said to me, and it's amazing how God will speak to you sometimes out of the mouth of a donkey. Amen. <laughs> Somebody you don't even expect, he'll speak truth. And she looked at me and she said, well, how do you get uncalled? And I felt an arrow from the Lord just, shoo. I'm like, yeah, you don't get uncalled. You're a pastor. That's what God has ordained you to be. And Paul reminds the pastors here, you've been appointed by the Holy Spirit. You've been appointed by the Holy Spirit. So therefore, understand that what the work that you have called to must be done in the Holy Spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And whenever you find a person, a leader, a Christian leader, or a Christian that, uh, in any capacity that begins to rely upon their giftedness and their talents and their education, they're headed toward a fall. It's not by might. It's not by power. I mean, it's by the Spirit of the Lord. You've been appointed whether a pastor or someone, you know, that's sitting in the seats or whatever, you've been appointed and called by the Holy Spirit. Having begun in the Spirit, Paul says in the book of Galatians, will you now perfect yourselves in the flesh? We started in the Spirit, we're going to end in the Spirit. Amen? So therefore, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, he says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Those who think they stand on their charisma and their education, their giftedness, their talent, take heed lest you fall. Now, to take heed also implies submitting to the tutelage, the instruction of the Holy Spirit. You've been called by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches us, continues to teach us. And to, be, to, to draw near to God is to yield, really, to God's teaching, to come under God's instruction. It's so important to remember that, that we have not arrived, as Paul said, we're still uh, being perfected by the Holy Spirit. Let me just say this, that you've got to learn to be submissive to the Holy Spirit. You've got to learn to follow the tutelage instruction of the Holy Spirit, you know, or you're going to fall. Um, any effective leader will be, has to learn, really, I should say, how to be a submitted follower. You'll never be an effective leader if you, you're not an effective follower. You've got to learn to follow first. Now, that's offensive to some people, because people want to, they want to go apply for a job, and they want to be CEO tomorrow. You know, I want a promotion. Well, you just got here last week, you know. But you have to submit to authority, and God will test you in submitting to authority. 
And so God requires that we be submissive, that we learn to be faithful in, the Bible says, the small things. Do not despise the day of small things. You know, uh, that's beneath me. I mean, I feel like, you know, God's called me to, you know, run this company or be the manager or whatever. It's like, you know, you just got here. You've got to be faithful in the small things. Then God will give you greater things. Amen. So you'll never be an effective leader until you have learned to really be an effective follower. See, people like that in the ministry many times that are, you know, they want to get up to preach or lead out or what have you. And they haven't been faithful in the small things. So important to be faithful in the small things. And to, be, to come under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit. You know, you may not agree with the person that's an authority, but at least respect the office. I always said that. Uh, Donald Trump was our president. Joe Biden will be our president. You may not have respect for the person or voted for the person, but have respect for the office. See, God uses that office. He uses the office of your parents, even the office of your boss or whatever, to make you what you need to be many times. When I was a young man, and I just finished Bible college, I think, and uh, my dad, to me, will always be a great man. But my father was an alcoholic. My father was a combat veteran. Vietnam, two, tier, two tours of Vietnam had changed him. But he was a smart man. He was a wise man. And I remember him saying to me when I was in my early 20s, Son, why don't you start your own church? And I thought, what do you know? I'm going to be a famous singer. <laughs> Gospel singer. I'm going to be a famous singer. I'm going to do something else. I'm not going to... Who wants to be a pastor? What do you know? I guess the yoke's on me, right? <laughs> Look at me today. But I really believe to this day that God was speaking through my dad. I wasn't willing to receive it because I was the smartest person in the room. I had gone to Bible college. And what do you know? You're not born again. But the Bible says respect your mother and father. Not just sober and going to church every Sunday, mother and father. But to respect your mother and father that it may go well with you. Amen? Amen. And God taught me, respect him. Whether you agree with him or not, he's your dad. He's your father. Honor him. So it'll go well with you. Dad knew what he was talking about. So sometimes, you know, when it comes to submitting to authority, you think, oh, that person, hey, Respect the office. Submit to that authority. God is trying to teach you something. Could be patience, whatever it is. And so Paul tells him these elders, now back to these elders, he says, you know, you need to take heed to yourself, you know, learn, realize that you're under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit, that your office is of the Holy Spirit. He said, God, he has appointed you as an overseer. That word overseers means, is from the Greek word episkopos. It's where we get the word bishop. It means superintendent, one who manages an organization. In other words, Paul is reminding these elders their role as pastor 
uh, or bishop or elder is that of a manager over the flock of God, not the owners of it. And a lot of pastors, pastors, as if they own the people within the church. You're not the owner, you're the pastor. You're managing God's stuff, God's inventory that Jesus purchased with his own blood. Amen. Now, when I was in the retail biz, I managed a store. I was in, in, in responsible, accountable for the profit of the store, for the employees of the store, for the inventory, for the public relations, all these things. And I had to give an accounting when the big boss showed up. You know, he'd walk around the store. He was from Missouri. And he'd say things like, okay. Mm, <laughs> Al, how's this going? Well, we're making a, mm, hi. You know, I don't know. That's kind of a, you know, Missourians, I don't know. They, Missourians talk with, with question marks. You know that? You know, you know, if we move that product from there over to here, we might make a profit. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, anyway, that's a sidebar. But he's a neat guy from Missouri, and he would come in, and he would just, you know, uh, look over things, check the books, or what have you. I was responsible to count down the drawer and make sure things balance and deposits were made and all these different things. A pastor is a manager. And when the chief shepherd shows up, he has to give an account for the inventory. You didn't buy the inventory. The chief shepherd did. It belongs to him. Some time ago, a man came down to the Church, he was actually looking for me. This was many years ago. And uh, he was a little upset, I think. He was a pastor. And he met with one of our assistants at the time, and he said, well, I understand you got some of my people down here. Some of his folks were coming here. And, and uh, you know, and I, I thought, you know, when I heard him, they told me he had said this, I, 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 felt, I felt bad for him because, I, you know, you got a lot to learn. They're not your people. They've been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're just simply managers. Do I care about the flock? Yeah. Do I care whether you're here or not? Yes, I do. But the bottom line is you belong to Jesus. And sometimes when you come up to me and say, hey, Pastor, oh, God is leading us on. I'm like, whoa, praise the Lord. Let me help you get there. Amen. Because if God is leading you, you belong to him. This has been The Dwelling Place, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Al Pittman. Senior Pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you enjoy Pastor Al's teaching ministry, we have some good news for you. You can listen, watch, or download an archive of past messages and our current series in the Book of Acts with a simple mouse click at cwccs.org. Just click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at OnePlace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy The Dwelling Place on this station. You can also share a prayer request with us. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Have you considered becoming a financial supporter of The Dwelling Place? We really need your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. You can support this program with a one-time gift or become a monthly supporter. If you'd like to join our support team, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778.
If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. You'll find directions and service times for both locations at cwccs.org. Have a wonderful day in the Lord and join us next time for another study in the book of Acts. The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman is presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado.